0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking.
1: Hi, and welcome to the 327th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski, and our special guest co-host, Mark Hicks. Today, we're visiting again with Gary Regalski, Custom Furniture Director of the Northwest Woodworking Studio and host of the podcast Splinters with Gary Regalski.
0: Hi, Gary. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you guys? Good, right. good. Good.
1: Well, hopefully, uh, I didn't butcher your name too bad.
0: No, no, you did well.
1: All right, fantastic. I think I'd like to think time, as, last time you were on, I know I had a challenge, you know.
2: <laughs> as um, the resident Polak, like, I think Rogowski is on the easy side of Polak. Yeah, yeah, it is. No it kidding. is.
1: <laughs> it is. I don't know how many times I mispronounced your name, Sean. But
2: anyway, no, no you you roll through it pretty good. That's all right.
1: Well, I figure you speed, got that, you
2: got that Texas
1: is a, of essence, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It
0: yeah. is. It is something that the Polaks have to learn to roll with. But uh,
2: yeah, I mean, you, I don't even. You did fine. You, if you go full-on Polish, is it Rogowski? I mean, it's Rogowski. Yeah, Rogowski. Rogowski. Yeah. yeah, just make the W a V and, and right. kind of soften right. the O's and you're good. Yeah. Anyway.
1: <laughs> well, uh, before we talk with Gary about his, uh, about, you know, what he's been doing, especially the new online mastery program that he's got going on, uh, let's roll into some uh, woodworking news. So, uh, first up, which I thought was interesting, is uh, Lee Valley has introduced a bevel up number one plane, and it's a cute little bugger. Um, (laughs) and, uh, I don't know if I want one, but, um, I sure would like to try one out. It's, it's, it's darn cute. Um, but it's not exactly inexpensive like some of their other miniature stuff is. This is a real plane, a number one plane, similar to Stanley's number one, but just in a bevel up configuration. I don't know if Stanley ever made a number one bevel up, um, But, um, you got two options, uh, for it. And that's, uh, on the blade steel 01 or PMV 11. And, uh, I think it's 190 bucks with 01 and 200 bucks with the PMV 11, which yes, go ahead and pay the extra 10 bucks for the PMV 11. Um, but, um, anyway, it's kind of cute. Kind of interesting. Uh, if someone needs a small plane, you know, that actually has handles to do some small, delicate work, I'm sure this would be a great option, especially if you would like the uh, bevel-up configurations, especially great for ingrain and things of that nature. So,
2: mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never used a number one plane of any sort, and I've never used a bevel-up plane on top of that. So, this would be mm-hmm. a new-new for me. Um, and I, it's funny because I was actually looking at the Valley uh, just earlier today, and mm-hmm. I noticed this under like the new tools thing and I didn't even catch that it was a number one. I just saw a bubble up plane. I'm like, oh, it's bubble up. Um, but it, I mean, size wise, no, and it's not, you mentioned the miniature line, the miniature stuff is like quarter scale. It's, it's yep. in the palm of your hand. This thing's like an inch and in a little more than a half by five and thirteen sixteenths. So it's, it, it, it would span your hand, but it's a mm-hmm. little bigger than that. It's, um, it's
3: like two thirds of a block plane with handles on it. Yeah, right. There you go.
2: There you go. Yeah. yeah. And the way that the, the size of it, that the, the, the actual rear handle is like swung out beyond the body of it. It's, it, you know, to make it a little more manageable maybe by hand or to allow mm-hmm. for adjustment and all that other stuff in that configuration. But, um, at, at just shy of $200, it's get it if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> Not like me, cause I've got a couple of those miniature tool tools and they're cute and they're fun, you know, and they may have some use someday, but. Uh, This is uh, way more investment than those things, but um, I'm sure it's nice. This is one of the things I wish that we'd have a show to go to to try this out, because I'm sure they'd be showing it off like they do all their stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had their bevel-up jack plane. I really like that. Mm -hmm. It's been a good performer. I've had that, oh, at least 10 years, Um, and it's uh, it's real good. But with that said, it's only bevel-up plane besides a block
2: plane that I own, so... Yeah, I think I have one block plane that's bevel up. The rest of them are standard. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't I, think I use it all that often. But.
3: I am almost solely bevel up. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I have a low angle jack from Lee Valley sitting right next to the laptop right now. But mm-hmm. um, I use it on the shooting board, but I, I use them for everything. It's, yeah. uh, do you it's have just their, easy for me. Do you have their big joiner plane? I don't. Uh, so okay. I, I guess that's the one plane that I use regularly that's not bevel up, yeah. but it's a loner. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's a number eight, it's an old Stanley number eight. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking down at my tool chest right now and there are very few planes in there that I use that are, that are standard, you know, York pitch mm-hmm. planes. So what, um, do you, do you recall
2: what made you go down that path?
3: Um, I like the fact that there's fewer parts. Oh,
2: yeah, sure. No, um, no frogs to deal with. And yeah, and
3: yeah. I mean, you just loosen a lever cap, pull the blade out and um and sharpen so i mm-hmm. uh, also um i like the idea so i'm kind of i'm an industrial engineer by training so it's the whole like you can swap a blade in and out and go from one angle to another um and that so that kind of appealed to me it, it lets you create a system in your shop uh without having to buy a new plane or a new frog and uh so you can hone blades to different angles but i I found that 40 degrees for the material that I work with day in and day out on a low angle plane is perfect. So I don't actually change the blade angle that, that much. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I know one thing about the the Ferratos bevel up jack planes is those blades are real good if you make your own tenon cutters. <laughs> tim manny has a, a little tutorial on his uh, website you know hey if you have one of my rumors, here's how you make a tenon cutter and i followed that and i happened to have an extra blade laying around and that's what i used it for and i went wow this works oh, this works very well so when i had to make another tenon cutter for um arm posts and stuff. I ordered another one. So I got like three or four of those blades laying around.
3: (laughs) And the PMV 11 stays sharp for forever for a job like that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But now I've changed out how I cut my tenons. So I got plenty of blades laying around now. So anyway,
3: send them to me. I'll use them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You might be able to work out a deal. Oh, With that said, let's move on to a blog post by uh, Lost Art Press called uh, R.I.P., the Anarchist Finishing Manual. So at one point, um, Chris uh, Swartz was looking to write the Anarchist Finishing Manual, and um, he looked at it and said, hey, it just really didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, for him to do that but so in this one long blog post he kind of summarized all of his thoughts if you followed chris for a long time you you've heard all of these things before but uh, it is a great link to have all of his thoughts on finishing all in one blog post so uh, it's real well worth the read and um, shows what you know what you know where he started with finishing and uh, where he's ended up so it's a it's a great great read, so check out Lost Art Press blog post
2: for, for sure. that. For sure. That that's a that's a long post of his. Yes. That, yes. That really, really goes down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I knew everything he talked about. I'd read before. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have it all in one
3: place. So
1: it's kind of a mini manual at that point. hmm
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Not bad. Lots of good pros and cons there. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. I, I,
1: spent, uh, I spent a I spent my morning coffee uh, one morning reading that, so it's a good read. So next up, we have uh, Pete Galbert's doing a new video series. Um, he's done some of these already um, about how to how to use milk paint and um, and uh, things of that nature, but he has a new one out and it's called the uh, Foundation and Chair Making with Peter Galbert, and he's going over how to build two. Well, uh, build a chair and a stool. So he's doing his number nine perch stool and the classic uh, hoop back uh, chair. So um, those will be available. He says, um, I think there's already uh, content out there. The whole course is about $70 and it includes about eight to 10 hours of instructions. So it's not fully complete. He's still uh, posting on that, but, um, I believe you can order that through, uh, Vimeo. And he's also going to be, uh, publishing some plans for, uh, both of that too. So I don't think the plans are out, but I think they're real close to being out. And I don't think those are included in the $70 price. I think that's an additional, uh, charge for that, um, because I think that's another one that Jeff, uh, Lefkowitz is, uh, working up for him. So uh-huh. anyway, it should be a good thing and, uh, I haven't purchased it
3: yet, but I probably will by the end of the week. <laughs> Apparently, the prices will go up as more content comes out. So exactly. So if you, uh, you want to get the deal, move early.
1: Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to highlight is our very own Mark Hicks got a shout out from uh, Chris War, So about oh, uh, his upcoming uh, at-home class in the workbench kit. So congratulations on that.
3: Yeah. So that was Megan that made that post. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think we need to change it from being Schwarz to being lapped. Yeah, probably. Start yeah. press because any you know it's just it's the whole blog now. There's right. uh, so much going on. He's got so many guest writers. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that was great. I had a um, uh, there was a student. Uh, well, he's a student now. Uh, a person who I've spoken with off and on uh, about building a workbench for a year or two now, and um, he was he's taken a lot of classes with Chris and Chris sent him my way and, or back to me, I guess. And, uh, he decided to take the class and then he went back to Chris and said, Hey, you know, I'm doing this class. And Chris had no idea, uh, that I was offering this. And then I sent Chris a message saying, Hey, thanks for sending this guy back my way. By the way, I'm doing this class. And so he's the <laughs> like, yeah, I've already got Megan writing a blog post on it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And it went from being, you know, what, 60% booked to 100% booked in a few days. So that yep. was good. I'm uh, you know, always happy when Chris is kind enough to mention me or, or Megan to mention me on their right. blog. So yeah, it was, it was a crazy few days with all those people coming in at once. Yeah, I bet. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how's
1: it going? So you're full up.
3: Yeah, well, Which... I, so I limited it to six people this first time around. That's because mm-hmm. it's going to be a marathon to get the kit's ready to ship out. It's a lot of work to get the kits done because they're they're 75% built uh, when they go out the door, but everybody knows about that last 10% of work that goes into a project. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that you know the, they'll be doing a lot of the work that usually takes me an extra week to finish, um, <clears throat> and they'll be doing that over the course of six weeks or eight weeks, depending upon how it turns out. It's the first time through, so we'll see. Had you intended to close down registration at a certain point to
2: allow that to be, you know, you do prep work?
3: I, well, so I, um, I initially thought four would be a good number. And then I thought, no, let's, let's go closer to six. And so I limited it to six from the beginning. Okay. And yeah, but if you're asking about like timing, I think, um, I, I probably, um, I probably would have prepared some, some benches that were kind of like the popular ones. The regular kind,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: um, and if somebody said I want to take the class, and I I would have said, well, I've got a 34 inch high bench with walnut accents. Uh, if <laughs> you want that, you can jump in leave. and take the class. But right. uh, I have a waiting list, and um, you know that's where I'll go for people who want to take it in the next round. I'm assuming there'll be another round, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, get on the waiting list if you're if you're thinking about it in the next, you know, and for the summer session or the spring session. Mm-hmm. For sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if you didn't open that up right now that you get people signing up.
3: Yeah, I right just away. I want to see. I, I would love to do that, but I really I'm one of these people that does a lot of research and and, and worries about things. So, um, you know, I started talking about this in July and um, I'm just now to a point with my schedule where I can actually have time to make the kits. So we'll see how the first round goes and then um, make whatever tweaks need to be made and uh, and then we'll go again. So I'm pretty excited. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Sounds cool, man. I really I wish you the
2: best. I hope I hope it goes well. I'm sure it will. But yeah, I, yeah.
3: there'll be hiccups, but you know, yeah, it's new, sure. it's technology and it's new stuff. So um, yeah, it'll be fun. Well, fantastic.
1: Well, let's uh move on to what's in the shop. So Mark, uh, how's that desk coming?
3: It you? is coming along. It's um the drawers are spread across the bench uh next to me here. They're glued up. There's like Forty clamps for three drawers, <laughs> um, and then the desk itself is behind me on the the second bench. And um, I was while I was waiting for the drawers to get set up, I started cutting the the contoured apron. It's uh, it gets sliced up into pieces to, and turned into drawer fronts. So um, I've got to blend all those together after I get them glued on to the drawer fronts. And um, but yeah, the desk is running the shop right now. <laughs>
1: I know, I know how that goes, so, yeah. But you, you had some interesting posts on it. Uh, um, I don't know. You, you had some issue with dovetails? It looked fine to me.
3: <laughs> well, I, there's one that I can see from here that has an awfully large gap. It's going to need a piece of veneer shoved in it, but <laughs> that's the beauty of liquid hide glue. You just warm it back up and shove the thing in there, and, you know. There you, you can, You can actually, like, finish the joint, see how it looks, and then make adjustments afterwards instead of fussing with it during the glue-up.
1: Gotta right. love that. So Yeah, yeah. I we'll moved see. to liquid hide glue, I don't know, three or four years ago and never looked back.
3: So Yeah, anything complicated gets liquid hide glue. Um, you know, I, I glue the 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 laminations for the tops with yellow glue, but nearly everything else is liquid hide glue.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. So Sean, uh,
3: what's going
2: on? I got a draw knife. Really? Yeah. Now you won what? the bid. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing special, you know, it's, uh, 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 a friend of the show, Slice of Wood, Tim Charles, um, was selling it on eBay, so I posted, and I like paid $17 for a, what is a, apparently a, a semi-vintage draw knife with a decent edge on it, so I brought cool. it down into my basement, I chucked a piece of wood up into my moxon and vice, and I, I pulled a couple things and rounded over a square corner. Uh, Yay, it works, but... Otherwise, I don't know what to do. With it. <laughs> well, the the first
1: thing you need to do is make make sure you know how to sharpen it. So
2: I, I you know I was so I know of the the Galbert uh, sharpening yeah. thing, right? But yeah, that's really sharp. more of a honing, right?
1: It, it'll do both. He has he he's well, I think Benchcraft sells it for him now. But uh, there's a kit for rehabbing that comes. It's kind of like a sandpaper method um
2: okay kind of doing it is is by calling it that way
1: i could yeah i could figure this out yeah Yeah. but they have some course course stuff to to redo it um but you might um i'd recommend uh looking at curtis buchanan's youtube channel and he has some stuff on sharpening it and this would be um probably with uh methods and tools you already have okay I just be careful about grinding one.
2: Um, You know, and I don't really have a grinder. And so, and I don't believe it's so banged up that it needs a grinder. I think it's just a matter of getting it sharp.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I'd I'd recommend looking at, uh, at uh, Curtis Buchanan's uh, method that he uses. And then, you know, if it's something you, you're going to do a lot, then yeah, I'd go ahead and get the, the draw sharp. I think it's. I don't know, seventy bucks, something like that. Right.
2: I, yeah. well, I guess that would yeah. have been a good thing to put on my Christmas list a little late now, but Yeah. But uh,
3: you, can, you can do a lot with stones. Uh yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, I've, I've got I, some I have a, stones. I and, have a draw sharp, but I typically end up using my stones to sharpen my draw knives. So
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I know a lot of people that do that. Um uh, I've seen some people use the, those little hockey pucks that you do for sharpening um axes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, use those for sharpening uh, draw knives. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, the, the draw sharp is kind of foolproof, though. I mean, it's one yeah. of those that, you know, it's it's easy to get right.
1: Yeah. The only, the only thing is, you know, sharpening a draw knife is probably one of the more risky things you, you're going to do. So make sure you have your fingers out of the way.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. <laughs> I, I will I will respect the blade. Yes. It, yes. it is among the largest blades I have. <laughs> um, yeah yeah probably is it's only yeah. I think it's like a nine inch it's yeah. not big It you know it spans about my hand width I,
1: you know I um you know it's it you're, when using a draw knife, it's really going to take a lot to get cut by it but when sharpening one it's very yeah.
2: easy to get cut you're by close it close up to the blade yeah I I am subscribed to Curtis Buchanan on YouTube I will pour through his sharpening videos
1: yeah yeah I think there's only one out there he's got a ton of videos on how to make a chair they're they're Highly entertaining, but yeah, there. I think I don't know, probably about 30 or 40 videos from the beginning. He has some on sharpening all ty- types of chair making tools. Um, but anyway, is it to bevel up or bevel down,
2: um, I don't know.
1: Okay, is there, is,
2: hold on, let me get it, hold on, and then I'll okay. have a visual reference. I'll be right back. Okay,
3: <laughs> Kyle, what's on your bench? Ah, the Rondack
1: <laughs> chair. So, um Listeners will know I have hoped to have that completed. I hope to have it completed today, but it looks like it's going to be yeah. tomorrow before I have it completed. Um, it's kind of been um, kicking my butt a little bit. Um, you know, if I build something from plans, it's a piece of cake. If I come up with my own designs, so I don't have that much of an issue. But trying to copy someone else's designs from the actual piece Can you can go into some rabbit holes. Um there was one and the Adirondack chair I'm copying is probably twenty five years old, made out of redwood, and it's been sitting outside that entire twenty-five years. So it's it's crusty, very crusty. Yeah. And um so, you know, I have it totally disassembled and you know, there have been a couple of pieces that I thought were 90 degree cuts, and then I'm fitting everything together and I'm fit I'm fitting the old uh, old uh, pieces to it too, to make sure I got everything exactly right. And I'm going, you know, why am I like an inch off? And then I started redoing everything. And you know, what I thought was a 90 degree cut was actually, uh, uh beveled at about, uh, two to three degrees. And I'm going, mm-hmm. okay. You know, it's kind of hard to tell after 25 years of sitting outside, whether that was straight to begin with or,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: or already. So it's like, okay, back to the drawing board. But, um, I think I got, uh, I've crossed all the all the major hurdles at this point, so um, it's just a matter of putting it together. But I'm also building the thing out of cypress, which is, you know, you look at that stuff, bunny, and it dents. So I'll have like a a wet towel and an iron on at all times, <laughs> steam out the dents as you go along. But um, yeah, that's what I've been working on, and I also been uh, been trying to do probably about four hours. A day on that, and the rest of the time I've been working on some special projects, which I hope to they'll be seeing the light of day here in the next uh, month or so. But uh, anyway, uh, Sean, you back?
2: Yeah, I'm here.
1: So uh, are uh, the are the handles in line with the blade, or are they are
2: they uh, canted? They're off? canted, but err so slightly. Or it's. They're twisted down, but not that. Yeah, it's
1: probably a bevel up then. Yeah,
2: I, 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 as I'm holding it, I, yeah, I yeah, it's, it's a more
1: it's... comfortable to hold it. Well, when you cut with something, cut, try yeah. it both ways and what you Yeah, want to
2: feel yeah. Comfortable. What it, yeah, when it, it, it is the the little bend that's there. If I put the bevel down, my hands are above the blade, and that just feels weird. Like yeah. just yeah, just even not... just holding it now. So yeah, yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing too fancy. It's like a good uh, a good. Opening to it. Oh, God. Let's,
1: let's oh.
2: Look
1: at that. <laughs> oh, you're up. Right. Let me see it. I I, I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah,
2: let me try to uh, turn off any background so that it will show better. Is that yeah. my basement? Okay, there you go. So, yeah, it's yeah,
1: it looks like a bevel up. Yeah, I like handles. So, yeah, What's those that? handles are pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're old. I mean, it's like it's got the little end bent over through the end of it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was handmade or what. It's old. I know that much. Oh cool. But, so yeah, we'll see. It's a it is this like the first step down the rabbit hole? Yes. Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah, this is one of what will end up being twenty or thirty draw knives that you'll own.
2: Yeah, that's what I figured.
3: So. <laughs> and at least four or five uh spokeshaves and yeah. Welcome to the yeah. club.
0: Yeah, yeah, thanks.
1: Well, fantastic. Well, so uh Gary, what do you got going on in the shop?
0: Hmm, what do I have going on? I've I've got um Let's see, this project has been going on for a year and a half. Um, you know, I, I put a little time into it, then I set it aside and put a little time into it. I I've got been working, one of those. Yeah, I've got so many of them. I've got, it's just a little bookcase uh, mm-hmm. that I started. Um, I was down at the Diablo Woodworkers Group, uh, which is East Bay, East Bay of San Francisco Bay. and um,
1: yeah, Do, do you all have like leather jackets or something? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Different Diablo group. Yeah, oh, okay, they're, okay. they're not interested. They they like the draw knives a lot more than the bookcases. So. Okay. Uh, heavy drinkers though. You gotta watch them. Heavy drinkers. Uh, no, it it was um, actually that's not true. It wasn't Diablo. It was San Diego. I was down in San Diego for the woodworkers. Their group and I did a uh, did this project on stage, which is just brutal in two days. And um, so I had one. I had two of them. And um, Brought the partially finished one back with me, and it's been, yeah, over a year trying to get it done. And so I started online classes this summer, this July, mm-hmm. and I had it, and, I, and I'd and done some inlay, some cool inlay on the piece. It's a little, small bookcase. It's not very big. It's, it's a, I don't know, height of an end table. It's 24 inches high or so, 28 inches high. Um, and you can pick it up easy and move it around. Nice little arts and crafts style piece. And I started the uh, the video, or the the online class, I mean, and um, s- brought out the, the bookcase and set it on top of my bench and pointed something out and turned away. I checked it. I said, yeah, it's safe, and turned away, and it slowly fell off my bench Ooh, and hit the floor. And I went, oh, crap. But, you know, <laughs> I'm live. So I said, "Up, oh, no problem. And I didn't think it was. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, there was a little ding on the back edge of one of the sides. And that's where the rabbit for the back was going. And I said, eh, no problem. So months go by. I don't do anything on it. Months go by. And finally, I get around, get all everything done. And I'm practicing my glue up because I always practice my glue ups. And I'm hammering the piece on. And I'm not killing it with my dead blow mallet. But I'm you know, mm-hmm. tapping it on. And I get it all the way home. And I go, I have cracked it. Like, Ooh, son oh, son of a gun. God. I cracked it in, you know, not all the way into, but
1: yeah.
0: a good third of the way. So I carefully got it apart, and I glued it back together, and then scraped the the, the glue joint. And then I was like, "Dang, I can't see this now. Where am I going to put the butterfly key? I don't I don't know where to put it. <laughs> I mean, it, it disappeared that that well. It wow, was great. nice. But I put in a couple of keys anyway, and uh, got ready, and decided I was going to do this. I should have used Hide glue, but I think it was too cold when I glued up um, for my shop. So I I put one side on dry and glued the other side on in the morning. Fine, no problems. Went home, had lunch, came back to the shop, gently got this other side off the one with the butterfly keys on it, glued it up, and I realized that at some point it was about three quarters of the way home, and I heard it go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like what? And, <laughs> Uh, um, so I, I, on my podcast, I will, um, uh, recite the, uh, little note I just put in my newsletter about the value of swearing. Um, <laughs> and, and I, you know, I couldn't stop, right? I'm in the mm-hmm. middle of a glue up. I can't stop. Right. <laughs> and, and there was a student uh, who, was, who comes to, to the shop every once in a while. And he had asked if he could help me. And I said, no, Jeff, this is no problem. I got this. No problem at all. And I'm screaming my head off. And the poor guy's like, this man is crazy. This man has lost his mind.
3: Just temporary.
0: <laughs> oh, well, glue-ups are temporary insanity. There's no question. Yeah. Anyway, I got it all the way home. And then I had another crack in it in a different spot. And, that, and, and I fixed that. It was a little bit trickier to glue up. And I put another couple of keys in it and they're great. And then I realized I had dropped that piece. And that's why it was it was right. doing that. So yeah. I thought it was the walnut. I thought, oh, this walnut's really soft. No. Don't drop your furniture before you glue it up. That's the <laughs> the moral of the story there. Right. So I'm right. I'm working on that. And um yeah. I well I,
1: well, we have a lot of questions I have oh. about, about how your uh, new online mastery program program's going. But um, mm-hmm. before we get into this, uh, for those, I think you were on the episode about 20 episodes ago, I believe, uh-huh. as the crow flies. And um, so for those that, that are new to, the, to our uh, podcast and haven't listened uh, to our back catalog yet, um, can you give us a little background uh, for those uh, that are new about yourself?
0: About myself, oh yes um, I'm about five nine <laughs> <laughs> um, no i'm uh I'm a furniture maker for the last forty plus years and um, I built custom furniture for twenty five of them mm-hmm. and did um, mostly private commissions some public work a few public work large public pieces in as I was finishing up um, And then in the mid-90s, I started writing. I started writing for fine woodworking before that, but I started writing books in the mid-90s and and put a couple of books out and started my school. I started a school in 1997 called the Northwest Woodworking Studio because there was this divide, at least on the West Coast, perhaps in other places, but I could see there was a real difference between schools that were sort of uh, air quotes, art furniture, making art furniture. And, um, you know, places just teaching cabinet making. So Mm -hmm. there was room for someone like myself in the middle that was interested in both design and technique. And that's what our school has been about for the last 20 years.
1: That's fantastic. And you've been published in all the major magazines and have uh,
0: how many books do you have out? Well, I've got two um, woodworking books out and then I've got a book called Hand. Handmade, Creative Focus in the Age of Distraction, which is a book about um, the other things you need at the bench, um, like forgiveness and patience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all that stuff.
1: And, you know, a good vocabulary of curse words.
0: Well, Um, they come in handy.
1: Uh, Yes. Yes, they do. Yes. And try not to throw things.
0: Oh, yeah. No throwing. (laughs) There's no No throwing. throwing. Uh, Yes.
1: I'm usually pretty good about that, but I do have one clamp. That the handle's a little wonky on, <laughs> yeah. but uh, anyway, at least I threw the clamp and not the workpiece. Hey, um,
3: I I had a, I had an employee throw a framing square, like one of those little half-size framing squares, at the Oh ceiling. man, that's like a ninja star going. Oh. Through. Yeah, and it stuck in the rafter, and it was there when I moved out. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> it never came back down. That is scary. Yeah, Yikes. yeah, I don't know what what it was but he was ha- oh it was his daughter he was having a fight with his daughter oh <laughs> he was also working at the shop oh, Wow. <laughs> so, yeah it was it was not it was one of those days wow sure at he least he point. threw it up i guess yes. kind of across the shop so yeah i'm he glad his... you
2: weren't on the receiving end yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he made his point
2: yep. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah okay that's a good one. I like that. Um,
1: well, so tell us about um, your Northwest Woodworking Studio and uh, your online mastery program. I think when you were last on the show, you were just thinking about doing this and getting this going. And uh, so tell us a little bit about um, how that went and, and where you're going from there.
0: Okay. Well, we started when COVID hit, you know, everything shut down mm-hmm. um, class-wise for us cause we were running... We would see upwards of 300 students a year uh, normally with novice classes and project classes and then a mastery program. I I would usually have residents uh, taking up bench space with me for a year's time Mm -hmm. and a distance program and everything just kind of went in the the round file. And then um, and then Portland became a completely uh, insane place to to be. With the yeah. riots and all that, it was just nuts, and it was right that's across that. the re- right across the river
1: too. Yeah, has that calmed down?
0: Yeah, it's calmed down.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. But yeah, I want to check down. with you because I think that that is an interesting episode to listen to because you can actually hear cars honking in the background as they're going. Is that what that was? <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah, that was a Black Lives Matter um, neighborhood car van caravan. Yeah. Um, okay. Which you know that's great. Uh, yeah. It's 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 also I just I'm going to just stay away from politics. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's everything about the demonstrations, the marches. I'm all for it. That's great. Getting getting, getting people getting angry and starting to break stuff, and that's just stupid. It's just yeah. Stupid. And then the cops respond, and and then the Proud Boys come in, and and the You know, the lefties are like, well, why aren't the cops protecting us from the proud boys? Well, you've been throwing stuff at them for the last three months. (laughs) What do you think? I don't know. And so I decided, okay, uh, I had a student fortuitously who was interested, uh, had taken some um, short classes with me Mm -hmm. and knew a whole lot about technology and was in the business of doing big online uh, events. Well, actually they, they used to do uh, ticketing for actual events and moved into online events mm-hmm. and big, uh, well, big company. And uh, he was willing to help. And so I said, well, let's try this idea of doing online classes. And so we, we started to do that and, and to see, you know, what sort of response we were going to get. And the response was great doing lectures. And then we tried Two-day workshops, which was different, uh, but but good. It's just a, a little bit tougher. And then I thought, well, you know, I've got this mastery program, and and we used to do it as a distance thing where people would come in three times a year. What if we tried to do this weekly, like my local program, and the same curriculum, uh, see if we could get folks to to sign up. And I was hoping for five, and I got thirteen. So it's just been it's been great we we're about well we started in october yeah um,
1: now, now what makes this different than other online classes cuz this is more this isn't like a a two week type thing this is like a prolonged course yes.
0: yeah yes. this is a, a two year uh, two year course two year course of study mm-hmm. um well i don't know a lot of about the other online offerings Uh you know i I, you know i've been down at the wood whisperers and i've seen the, the some of the stuff on youtube of course yeah um but basically my approach is to focus on design and technique so i'm teaching design as well as technique and i want people to get pushed out of their comfort zone and move beyond working with plans and and copying other people's designs and start starting to make their own. I had a mm-hmm. intervie- interview interview uh, with a uh, student this evening before uh, we started to chat and uh, he's a doc. That's his daytime job. And, and uh, he said, ah, yeah, I can't draw. And my wife's an artist. And she said, I can, and I can't draw. And, and we started talking ideas and, and uh, it's so much fun when people who have, who think they have no artistic ability start to go, Oh, yeah, I could do that. You know, I could mm-hmm. I could try this and and take a simple simple frame. One of the first two projects is a simple frame, mirror frame, picture frame, I don't care. And and um shaping it, carving it, adding something to it. And so we were talking about ideas and it was that was fun. And so that's the difference I think is what we're, we're designing work as well. I have uh, 11 pieces picked out over the two two year period that people have to build, but they do the, the design work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the first is a, a small box called a sushi box. I did an article on fi- in fine woodworking about it some years ago and then a mirror frame. And then we do a dovetail box and a uh, low, low bench or table. And so, you know, I'm choosing the pieces in order to talk about text some techniques and introduce them to you know, some different ideas design wise, but the design is all theirs. Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever they want. So I've had dovetail boxes that are eight feet, eight feet high in their tool cabinets. And I had one that could fit in the palm of your hand. So, uh, and that's fun. It's really fun because people are, are trying to develop their own sense of style. What's my style? What do I like to do? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so teaching people about that. We did a, we did an hour last week on, uh, on, uh, Godwin. Do you know Godwin, the architect? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great stuff and uh, just talking about one of his pieces. Uh, You can pull the image from the Metropolitan Museum of Art uh, file, so it's a little uh, fall flap table, and talking about whether you like it or don't like it, and why you like it or don't like it, and what are the things that make up the piece, and what were some of his influences. And he didn't build the piece, but he was the designer. And, you know, it just brings up just this whole array of topics, and, you know, it's just a lot of fun. So. That's what we've been doing, um, and I'm trying to get another group going in January. Yeah, I'm trying to well, get another group going.
1: Yeah. Well, what have you learned from your online experience? Uh, how does that compare <laughs> from you know the in-person thing you were doing? Are you uh, are you finding it just different, or is it more engaging, less engaging, or or what are you seeing?
0: Let Let, let me just say this, Kyle. Uh, being a furniture maker. It's mm-hmm. is one set of skills and being a teacher is a completely different set of skills.
1: Yes, it is. Yes.
0: And it, and you could be a great furniture maker and be a lousy teacher. And mm-hmm. I've learned so much about teaching over the years. And now I'm learning more. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's hard for me, uh, but I'm getting the hang of it. it mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm really familiar with doing video work. I've done a lot of videos for fine woodworking and uh, for YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. but Having an audience, a live audience, behind that blue dot on the camera is different, and the feedback and are they getting your jokes? I don't hear anyone laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that makes it tough, and you just have to have confidence in yourself, and um, and it's performance too. It's a performance, mm-hmm. uh, but the performance has a has a mission. I'm not doing it just to be cute. I'm doing it so that I get them excited and. Come on, follow me. I want to take you down this rabbit hole and we'll talk about drawing eyes. And um, <laughs> so that kind of stuff is really fun. And bevel up versus bevel down tools is really fun. And um, so I'm learning a, a lot about the camera stuff. When we do a, uh, an online class, so we have an online class tomorrow on uh, what I call three simple finishes. I am lying. I'm lying. <laughs> there's nothing simple about finishing, but it's oils, yep. varnishes, and shellac, and uh-huh. uh, two hours. So, and with these lectures, I, I I start the day before. I'm going, what am I going to? How am I going to fill two hours? And then when I start to gather my notes, I go, how am I going to get this in in two hours? There's no way. So, you know, we're just scratching the surface, but. I've got now two guys. I got three cameras on me. They got a close up shot. They got a medium shot. They got a far shot. I got, wow, it's amazing. And these guys are just avid woodworkers and they love to help, but they're really skilled at uh, doing video work and sound work. And so, mm-hmm. Rogelio and and, uh, and Paul come out and, and help me out. And um, so, yeah, I was going to uh,
1: ask you what kind of setup I think I saw. I don't know if it's a blog post or whatnot, but, uh, it was, uh, kind of your, your setup that you had, uh, there while uh, I guess doing one of the online, um, classes and I was impressed. You have yeah. quite the, uh, quite the technology at your disposal, so to speak. Yeah,
0: it's nuts. And it's yeah. actually relatively inexpensive. Um, mm-hmm. you know, about I, I bought a video camera. But that was, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And Mm. then there are people who are walking around with these things called iPhones. And iPhones are stupid. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous what you can do with them. It's ridiculous. So we're doing a lot of stuff with iPhones um, and a video camera. Uh, We've got webcams, but don't usually use those now. Um, And we can switch. I've got a switching unit, so...
1: Yeah, I guess that's what I was seeing was that switching unit you had there, because uh, that looked uh, that looked pretty professional there.
0: <laughs> yes, but again, I, yeah, that's not in my my wheelhouse. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ro said, "Buy this." Went, Buy okay. this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's a Blackmagic uh, switching unit, and it's pretty straightforward. Now, my mastery classes, I'm I have no cameraman. I'm doing it on my own. And, and last week I realized something, you know, we've been doing it and I've been having a little bit of trouble with, with, um, setting up the shots because, because I don't have a cameraman. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, so I realized last week that we, uh, we had shot a video of a project that I'd done simple mirror frame project. And, um, it was about an hour in length and, we got together. We talked about Godwin for an hour or so. We talked about um, a circle cutting jig on the bandsaw for a little bit, and then using a spoke shave to uh, clean up your cut. And they did some work for a while, and I, I can watch them because uh, we've got a monitor, so I can I can see everyone's setup. Um, but then the last hour was a video, so I could sit back and listen along with them. And so that it's interesting. There's so there's different ways of providing the content mm-hmm. and in better and worse ways, um, I, I'm realizing. So yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot about the technology, about being on, on in front of the camera.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. Well, tell us I, a little bit about so if someone was interested in the online mastery program, um, you know what what are we looking at as far as time commitment, cost, those kind of things?
0: Well, <clears throat> basically, well number one, people are working out of their own shops, so they need to mm-hmm. be able to mill up lumber. They need the power equipment to be able to do that. Um, they need an, a full array of hand tools and, and uh, shop space. That's number mm-hmm. one. So there's a commitment there. But everyone who's been involved in this first mastery group, or anyone's really who's been in, in the program over the last 20 years, and it's been running for 20 years, has. Some kind of shop. And this may be the kick in the butt they need to get the rest of the shop tuned up. And mm-hmm. that's, that was that was certainly true for uh, one of our students who was just getting things wired. First couple of classes, we were talking about how, how do you choose lumber? How do you mill mm-hmm. up lumber? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. You know, when I started the program 20 years ago, I, I looked at what was out there. And there was North Bennett Street and uh, maybe the Krenov School and then the big— the biggies, you know, RISD and, and mm-hmm. Rochester Institute and, you know, some of the big, bigger schools, um, Cranbrook. And yeah, there, most of these places were people would be there for a year and they'd build one or two pieces. And if you want to be a furniture maker, you got to build faster than that. <laughs> uh, you really have to. Yeah. And, and so my goal was to get people to design and build and practice these techniques over and over again so you had to mill up lumber you know mm-hmm. every every month you had to be milling up lumber so you had a chance to practice those skills and i think that's really valuable uh, yeah. both on the technique and and, and design it so mm-hmm. people need a full set of hand tools people need some equipment uh, you don't need a table saw you need a band saw I'm convinced mm-hmm. that's the machine that's the first machine you get is a band saw and then you know joiner planer drill press router Full set of hand tools so you can hand cut dovetails because we hand cut dovetails. Um, we meet for oh, geez, I don't have the number right in front of me, but three 27 hours a term. So we, okay. meet for, yeah, we meet every Friday. This group meets on Friday afternoons uh-huh. uh, for three hours two and a half, three hours. And, uh, and we have nine sessions, so that's 27 hours per term. And we have three terms per year times two. So okay do the math it's a Mm -hmm. lot of uh, i think it's 144 hours of class time and then um we have a discord i don't know what we call it a discord server Mm -hmm. people can come and gather there and exchange ideas and um talk about finding
3: people take advantage of that
0: yeah absolutely okay Uh, i i drop in every now and then and i did did once and just you know was kind of poking around on sunday night and all of a sudden this voice comes out of the computer and go, Oh, you're here. Like, whoa. The hell is that? <laughs> Scared the crap out of me. It could
3: have popped up as a video if you're not yeah. careful. Yeah. <laughs> Weird.
0: So that's a little I mean, I'm not a techie guy at all. So that's that's a little strange. But uh, other people are. We've got a lot of tech people and people from ooh, Virginia, Ohio, uh, California, Oregon, Washington. I'm trying to think I'm missing a state. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pablo's in uh, Connecticut, um, so we've got a you know great mm-hmm. folks. And um, the two-year program costs five thousand um, bucks, and it's pretty comprehensive. So mm-hmm. I understand that's a chunk of change, but it's yeah.
1: uh, hey, well for a two-year program, that's very reasonable. And plus, I think this gives a lot of people the opportunity that can't come to uh, Portland. To do this course, or, or like you said, I think you said the initial course is, you know, that you all meet how many times a semester? Three or four times? Yeah. Did you say? So that that way, those people that might be interested in the course don't have to worry about airfare and hotels and all that kind of stuff to come in for yeah,
0: well, for this a few is... times a year. Yeah, yeah, this is half the cost of our of our regular program. When okay. we used to run that was yeah, you know, twice that. And four times that for our resident program. So mm-hmm. and yeah, and there were costs associated with coming out. I, I had one student um who was in Florida. And you have to bring your pieces mm-hmm. at the uh, at for each of our sessions, except the very first one. And he was in Florida and finally it just got to the point where he said, The only way I can get my stuff out there in a reasonable amount of time, uh, and you know, in an economical way, was by Greyhound bus. So he got his piece on a bus two weeks before <laughs> class, and it made it, and never had a problem. So yeah, there were challenges with that with that program. Mm-hmm. The challenge with this current mastery program is not being able to touch the piece. Right. That's that's the challenge. And mm-hmm. hopefully, if COVID gets over, and hopefully, if people go out and take a vaccine when they come come around. Right, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Believe in science; it's worth it. Believe in science. Anyway, mm-hmm. off that soapbox. Sort of um, <laughs> um, maybe we'll be able to get people together for a, a visit or two. So, but that's oh, that would, that's a challenge. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So Gary, I I was trying to formulate this question so it didn't sound like you know what's going to be on the test, but um, so you know your your class it's not for rank beginners, right? It's it's you need to have some experience.
0: You need some experience. I, I won't. I won't take beginners because it's it's not fair to you. Right. And, and I think that the more experience you have, the more you'll get from the program because <laughs> I I adopt sort of the fire hose approach and I just cover everyone with information. And so some of it,
3: go ahead. Sorry.
0: Some of it sticks. Some of it doesn't. Go ahead.
3: So if you know, let's say I'm I'm listening to this podcast and I'm thinking this sounds great. I want to do this, but I'm just getting started. But a year from now, I'm going to apply, and I want to get in. You know, where do I spend my time? What do I focus on? That's a
0: good question. Um, Well, you know, it's like people say, well, what tool should I buy? Well, what do you want to build? Well, I don't know yet. (laughs) Well, and so it goes back and forth, chicken and egg stuff. Um, What I I say to folks is build a lot of stuff. Build a lot of stuff and have it. Use it. Live with it. It was a revelation to me when I – could afford to start uh, living with my pieces. I mean, at the very beginning, I you know I would make make stuff for, for for me and my sweetie, but then i I stopped doing that because I couldn't afford to. I had to get pieces sold, and I wasn't living with my own stuff, and it's a revelation. and I realized, oh. I can't have any veneered pieces in my life. (laughs) I would beat the hell out of them. I'm hard (laughs) on my furniture. I put my feet on stuff. You know, veneer is not for me. It's just, it's amazing stuff, and you can do crazy, beautiful stuff with it, but it's not for me. And um, so that helped to inform how I build stuff and how I design stuff. So making stuff and having it and living with it, you can walk around and say, I really like that piece. Well, The next question is why? And this is this is as true of of a piece of music or a piece of art as it is of a piece of furniture is understanding what it is you like about it. And uh, it's great to to build your own stuff or, you know, or even if you're going to give it away to build it and be able to look at it 360 and say, oh, yeah, these proportions really suck.
3: (laughs) I really do
0: a very good job here. So you so need to sure. build
3: some bad furniture? Is that what you're... <laughs> you know,
0: bad furniture teaches you a lot about yeah. what good furniture yeah. should, should be. And uh, I've got I've to show the, the group a, a photo of a... You know, it's a mass-produced uh, chest of drawers. I think you might be able to call it a chiffonier. Uh, so it's a cabinet-on-cabinet. Cabinet. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dresser, three-drawer dresser, and a, a three-drawer case on top. But I I've got it up in this place of mine and and I was looking at it and it was a cast off a friend of mine gave it to me and uh, it's got all sorts of whirly gigs and curly cues and stuff that I don't like at all but I was looking at the piece and I went that is a handsome piece it is a handsome piece because of its proportion Mm -hmm. and that's what people don't don't understand at first that's what they will when, when they're done after two years how important the proportions are of a piece how it hits you when you immediately walk in the room and, and from there, you're going to discover what it is you, you like or don't like about it. But the proportions, I think, are what draws us in. And uh, and so, building this stuff, uh, building a lot of work, whether it's by hand or, or with machines, um, you get a chance to um, practice techniques and practice uh, seeing your designs. So, that's what people need to do build a lot of stuff. That's my advice.
3: Learn, learn the vocabulary, learn the language.
0: Boy, it's really true, Sean. Oh. I, there was a point in time I was, you know, it was probably in the early nineties and, uh, you know, I, I never made a fortune as a, as a custom furniture maker. Um, you know, the old saying, how do you make a million dollars as a furniture maker? Start with $2 million. two million. All right. <laughs> and, uh, so I was in that, that school. And, but as I, as I wrote in, in my book, Handmade, the woodworking gods are really cruel to me because they would always give me just enough to get by. <laughs> i would never get over the hump <laughs> They'd give me just enough yeah come on hey psst, come on over here yeah yeah here's here's some more work because i'd i'd be finishing up a you know a month-long project and and then i'd look up and i go dang i need some more work and and that psychic network uh always seemed to work for me and you know someone would knock on the door give me a call and i'd get my next job but that uh yeah it's a it's a tough way to tough way to go i'm sorry I, Went off on a tangent there. <laughs> what were we talking about?
1: No, no, no. That, that's that's good. So I, from what I'm gathering from your class and stuff is I want to say, what's the percentage you think between design and actual technique you teach in the class? I,
0: I'd say it's one-thirds, two-thirds and weighted in the, on the techniques. Yeah. Um, but you know the fact that we we're getting an hour out of three on design is is really pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we do. Um, so a couple of weeks ago we did. Uh, um, so the book Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain is on their reading list, mm-hmm. and it should be on everyone's. It's a wonderful book.
3: It's a great book. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great book. And so we did the upside down drawing, and I got a lot of tech guys. And they're And one tech gal. And uh, I could just, I could, I could hear them break out in a cold sweat. We're going to (laughs) draw with a pencil. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah, you can, you can do this. And, uh, and they did. And it's amazing. Uh, It's so much fun to do that and to show people the way, because it's a vocabulary. That's what it's about. I looked up, that's what I was, (laughs) my rant. I looked up one day in the shop and I went, oh, you know what? I have a lot of I got a lot of bags in my design bag. I got a lot of tricks that I could that I could use here. And um, understanding that just kind of lightened things up for me. Mm-hmm. And it's ju- and it's simply a vocabulary. It's a, just like learning to speak or learning to sharpen your tools There are certain techniques that you need to uh, get the hang of and then once mm. you do that there's there's a lot of fun stuff to uh, to explore there's tons of fun stuff to explore do you remember when you used to be bored <laughs> yeah yeah
1: i used to be bored when i had a real job I do it on basically purpose now. <laughs>
0: yeah right exactly a bit of you a do it on purpose now, now because there's so yeah. much to do i find and there's uh-huh. and there's so much to explore Uh, and uh, so i was talking with a student uh, dave tonight about uh, design and he had this idea about wrapping copper wire on the edges of his mirror frame and i said well dave you know you have a little problem bending this wire and but you know if you inlaid this and you could do some or you know what you could do is is try and mimic the idea of a braided vine which is what the idea he was after and i said well you could do it with inlaid uh copper ground wire you just get the right drill bit, drill holes, insert the copper, little spot of super glue, and then you could color it because you can patinate copper. There's like 20 or 25 different easy uh, chemical changes you can make to copper, salt and water, different Mm -hmm. things. and uh, and so you could do like this DNA molecule. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I took class for once from uh, the Watson part of uh, Crick and Watson. I was like, oh, cool. So that sort of stuff happens. Oh, that is cool. And that is cool. cool. Well, and he, t- he told me that Crick and Watson got their idea from a woman scientist who didn't get credit. And I <laughs> actually looked her up before I was talking with you guys. She died before they gave out. The-
1: oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Well. So oh, since you're on a podcast, you have a podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell us how that's going. It's splinters. Uh, so. I,
0: I don't know. I, I talk into a microphone and there's no one there, and I, <laughs> they don't talk back to me, and I don't hear them laugh. So I I don't know. I I think I think they're mad at me. Okay. No. <laughs> no. no. It's uh it's an interesting experiment. I got to. Mm-hmm. It's a you know I've never done anything like this um before. And, um, when I, my last, uh, distance group had a couple of guys in there who said, oh yeah, you gotta, gotta start a podcast and get on Patreon and, oh, you've been rolling in money in no time at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. Um,
0: and so I was putting out a podcast every week and that lasted for, I don't know, a few months. And then I realized I'm killing myself here. Uh, And it wasn't fun. And, I, you know, I, I would interview some folks. I interviewed Tom Lee Nielsen. I interviewed Ron Hawk, Brian Boggs, uh, people I know. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fun. I'm working on uh, an interview with uh, Gary Chin, the guy who owns uh, Garrett Wade catalog.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't do as much woodworking stuff. But back in the 70s and 80s, he was one of the go-to places, catalog spots.
3: Mm-hmm. Anyway. where um, sure, Tom got started yeah exactly. yeah uh,
0: I didn't bring them up. i didn't, wasn't sure how that how that ended. Uh, but that that's been fun but i i I've scaled back a little bit and i'm um, and it's been a lot more fun uh, i I really enjoy writing, so I write an essay. Uh, for my newsletter and or blog post, and uh, and then repeat that on the uh, on the podcast, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. Been getting a great response.
3: Yeah, I, I, if you haven't heard this the podcast, I mean, you I think you jokingly referred to them as sermons, but um, it's just a really mellow way to spend 20 minutes. Somebody's that are kind of rooted in woodworking, but they're more about just the world around you, and you know your history and um, kind of your philosophy of life. I would say, yeah. and your your uh, your literary background definitely shines through. I mean, it's they're very well written and and well thought out, and uh, it's oh. a really enjoyable podcast. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Well,
0: it, it came yeah. up because uh, when COVID hit, uh, I got a cabin in the woods, so I was out there, and and I, you know, my newsletter was always well. Novice woodworking, Monday nights, intermediate woodworking, Wednesday nights. I didn't, you know, it was just advertising, mm-hmm. blather, mm-hmm. important information, but that was it. And I thought, well, why don't I start, you know, just writing stuff? And, um, I don't know if it was my first one, but there's one called Bird Brain that I really like. And, uh, and it's about looking at the birds outside my window and, uh, and, and how that sort of relates to humans and the squabbles we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we get people all over the world listen to it. Um, yeah.
1: So well, I have to echo uh, Mark's comments. I don't think he could have said it any better. But yeah, it's it's a fantastic podcast. You get oh, you me. get your woodworking and a and a lot more out of them. So yeah,
2: fantastic. I look forward to listening to it. I haven't no had a chance yet.
0: Sorry. Well, they're short, so it's yeah. No- yeah. It's you know yeah. we'll we'll just date Sean. we're not it's not a real long-term commitment <laughs>
2: <laughs> not No, no I, I I used to, I listen usually to hours and hours of podcasts in in yeah. a week. Yeah. Uh, trust me, I have room for this yeah. Yeah. okay uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah. I usually let uh, usually two or three episodes uh, stack up and then I just plow through so'
2: yeah, that's, you know, that's a good way
1: yeah but uh, but anyway, let's uh move on. So we have a new topic uh Mark. Um, brought up, and I think it's basically just to get your take about design and copyright. I know this is always something in the woodworking Whoa. community.
0: <laughs> well, well, thanks very much. Uh, nope. okay, <laughs> no.
1: Especially someone as uh, 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 prolific as, as you are, and just what is your take on on others reproducing uh, your designs, whether it's something they saw in a magazine or or what? Oh, oh or and okay. and how do you feel about them using it uh if they're going to use it, you know, hey, for personal use, I assume it, hey, if it's in a magazine, that's fine, but suppose they take that and say, "Hey, I want to sell this." So, what what's your kind of take on uh, others reproducing
3: your designs from those two aspects?
0: Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's, everybody I, seems to have a different set of rules that they want yes. people to follow. So, I think it's important as a person who's who who writes for woodworking magazines and maybe sells plans, you know, like what do you expect people to be able to do with those plans after they go out in the world?
2: Well,
0: you know, in all seriousness, I'll bring in some stories in a bit. I think people need to be cognizant of the fact that it's a difficult thing to be a furniture maker in this world Mm -hmm. uh, and in this, in this culture. And, um, just treat people the way you would like to be treated. So if you think that stealing (laughs) designs and, and cranking out 10 a week is a good idea. Okay. There's nothing that I can do about it. There's nothing I, you can't copyright it. Uh, And, but I just, you know, would ask you to (laughs) examine whether you you think that's the way you would want your designs to be treated. Um, But I understand that every time I wrote an article or did a video that was out for the world to, to use. Mm-hmm. The, very, the very first article I wrote for Fine Woodworking was in 1988, and it was on my stool, the stool design that I do. And uh, I've seen this stool design everywhere. And uh, that's fine. It was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who wrote me from Florida saying, this is such a great design, I'm making 10 a week. Seriously, he wrote me and said that. <laughs> oh. Wow. I thought, that's tacky. <laughs> yes mm-hmm. that's a yeah. little tacky um but that happens another time i'm watching this is I'm of course older than, than you guys but um i'm watching television and i'm watching north the the, the uh show northern exposure yeah uh, this mm-hmm. is back in the early 90s and mm-hmm. i would ha- and i would Good tape job. it because i was teaching and i would come back and i would uh you know watch the tape of the show and i'm watching the show one time and it's uh, maurice the astronaut right. giving it Giving a talk at the the two gay guys B and B, and the Japanese tourists have come to copulate under the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> That's the setup. Great, Maurice is talking, and I'm watching Maurice, and and all of a sudden in the background I see my love seat design. I'm like, oh. what? It's <laughs> it is very distinctive. This is not a love seat you've ever seen before. And I was like, what? So I found out who the production designer was, and I wrote him a nice note. I wrote him a nice note and I sent him a, a sheet of slides because that's what we did back then and said, here's, you know, here are more of my pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. if you ever want one of mine, just let me know. And they were shooting up in Renton, Washington. And so he invited me up to the uh, set and that was just, that was cooler than hell. It was just, great. Kind of that cool. was yeah. really fun because everything's fake. Everything is fake. Every time I see a, a TV show now, and I see the light out the window. I go, I know how they do that. <laughs> There's nothing there except cables and you know a warehouse, uh, but I know how they do that. So it's really interesting. And the love seat was an uh, article I would written for Fine Woodworking. They built out of two by fours, but it looked amazing because wow. television puts this screen between yeah. you and, and and reality. So that <laughs> was fascinating to me. That was re- that was really fascinating. And I, you know, I was pleased that woody i forget his last name woody was the designer um Mm -hmm. used it i mean that was really great but my last story is someone came to class one time and said here's this guy in in montana and and look at his business card because i'd shown slides of my work i think uh to the to the class and on this guy's business card was a coffee table design of mine that i have i never wrote about it was in one of the fine woodworking design books back in the 90s Mm -hmm. and he had it on his business card so your
3: photo yeah my photo that's that's the best part right there yeah that's really great that is copyrightable yeah
0: so i wrote him a little note and i said you need to stop doing that i'm happy you you think you can build that piece and that's great because it's a complex piece but uh you should not use it for your own home purposes so um, that's the that's the line I, I guess when when people start to say it's the line you know and and you've seen it and it used to be far more prevalent mm-hmm. when Sam when Sam Maloof was alive but you know I used to get the Atlantic ma- magazine and there was a guy who would, I'm not going to use his name uh, call this rocking chair which was a Maloof rocker mm-hmm. the so-and-so rocker his name and I thought that's tacky yeah That's tacky. And yeah, okay. Sam wrote about it and you can figure out how to do it. And he's given, you know, he gave dozens of workshops. I was his gopher once for one of them. Um, But, you know, I think it's, I think what Curtis does, Curtis Buchanan does is is far more honorable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not my design. No, this design has been around for 200 years. You know, I'm going to tweak it a little bit and I built it. And, you know, so it's a Curtis Buchanan, but it's a, it's a Windsor chair. It's not a... Mm -hmm
1: hmm well, you'd be interested that this whole topic came up because of one of Curtis's designs.
0: <laughs> oh, no kidding. no uh, kidding
1: yeah there's a there's a well there there's a company in uh, Russia that his democratic chair that he put out I guess about a year year and a half ago uh, for free they're actually reproducing it. Wow at uh now I don't know what shipping is, but it was like two hundred and seventy dollars. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see one. The pictures look great. I'd like to see one actually in person, but, um, but yeah, so, um, I found out about that and, uh, we kind of had a heated discussion about it on the last podcast, but I, um, you know, uh, I guess, um, um, this is the, you know, behind the curtain kind of view on our podcast. It's after we had the heated discussion, I went, well, maybe I should reach out to Curtis. So I did.
0: Uh huh. Uh -huh.
1: (laughs) And, uh, he didn't have a problem with it, so we kind of did some creative edits in the uh, in the last mm-hmm. episode, so mm-hmm. it's not there. Um, but um, yeah, so after that, and uh, Mark was saying, "Hey, we need to be asking these type of questions for you know professional woodworkers to see what your take is." But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, who
2: knows? They, they could be making them out of two by fours. Really good in pictures, you know? <laughs> probably not. Yeah, probably, probably not. not.
0: Right. But,
1: you know, the, the cost of labor and the cost of materials are, oh. are are relatively inexpensive there in Russia. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know if this is a, you know, a maker or a few guys doing it or if it's a full commercial operation. But, you know,
0: well, knows? if they're selling it for two hundred seventy dollars, they're they're not paying their labor anything and they're getting the wood for just about. Yeah. Free and, and it's a yeah, that's that's theft. <laughs> but yeah, it's also so. the way of the world. And and. Yeah. Um, you know, what you hope.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cur- Curtis you'll appreciate this. Curtis's big take is it's kind of funny that uh, um, Russia, a country that was dominated by the communists for right. so many years, democratic is chair. now producing a democratic, <laughs>
0: democratic chair. chair. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, certain things I find uh, just great that people use of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... um but, you know, other, when I started my school, um, for some reason I got on, on like some radar screen and people would call me up. Two or three people would call me up and say, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a school out, in, out on the coast. And uh, so tell me how you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I in, was in, like,
2: ten, 10 words or less. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, you know, I, uh, I,
0: you know, and I camden hawed a little bit. And then uh, finally, a a wood finisher uh, up in Seattle uh, called me up and said, "Oh, I see you started a woodworking school. Tell me how you did it." And uh, and I said, "Michael, um, every path is singular, and uh, you know you're going to have to figure this out for yourself. Uh, The school is going to bear your imprint. So good luck to you." And that was just weird. I just thought, you know. You don't do that in business. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. So are you making, are you in business? Then it's, Curtis is a very generous guy. So
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he is He's yeah, a very he generous is. guy. And yeah, he's spent a lot of time going to underprivileged countries, you know, teaching them how to make stuff oh, yeah. to support oh, yeah. them. And it's, yeah, he's someone to look up to. That's for sure.
0: Oh, he's, he's, a good guy. he's a good guy. So uh, it's still, it's a very difficult question to answer. Some things yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled that people uh, like some of the stuff. And then it depends on how you, how you do it. You know, it's a, yeah. just, you know, it's like going out on the dance floor.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, well, um, worst case scenario is at least they should give you credit for it. Hey, this is Gary's design. Mm-hmm. That's,
0: mm-hmm. I think that's, that's just fine. I yeah. think that's really just fine. Yeah, this is not my design. This is so-and-so's design. Yeah. And this is my homage to it. Uh, this is a green and green style table.
2: Yes, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Inspired by.
0: Yeah, that's perfectly reasonable. Right. Uh, But to to call it your own when it's, you know, clearly someone else's is is uh, is theft. Now, I consider design to be reverent theft. (laughs) And 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 the difference is that you recognize your antecedents. You recognize the 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 spots where you got inspiration. And you take a little from there and a little from there and a little from there and come up with something not original, but that's your own. And sometimes you do a great job. Yeah. Sometimes you're just practicing. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Well, with that, um, is there anything that uh, we missed? Anything that's upcoming uh, for you or your school that uh, we haven't touched on?
0: Well, there's our – well, this uh, won't drop for – while I presume so we've got class on Thursday so come on by um, <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: we, uh, I think this will drop like uh, the Saturday after Christmas yeah that's fine yeah
0: we've got uh, the online mastery program is is uh, open for applications, uh, people can contact me uh, through the website and mm-hmm. uh, request a prospectus, which lays out everything about the about the program. And I'm hoping to get it running sometime in January. So, yeah, if people are interested, I'd love to chat with them about. It, so.
1: All right. Um, and this sounds like something that's going to be ongoing even after COVID for you.
0: Yeah, I think it's this is the way to way to go. It's reaches mm-hmm. it, a, a broader audience. Uh, it cuts some costs for people. The, the big issue for me is is the critiques. And, that, and if we can if we can start to travel again next year, then if we have mm-hmm. two meetings over the two years, that would that would that would be great. You know, yeah. People would have to make a commitment to come out and bring their work. But uh, just doing that once or twice, or once a year, it, I think is is not too uh, too big a burden. Mm-hmm. So. No. And there's so much to learn by holding the work and looking at it and seeing, right. you know, that, you know, ph- photography is great and it's just a lie. <laughs> it's <laughs> just <Yes>. a lie. <laughs> I mean, when I saw that TV show, I was like, my goodness, <laughs> everything yeah. is fake here and it looks uh-huh. so real. It looks so good on television.
2: But uh-huh.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why all the, uh, all the actors and actresses freaked out when they went high def. It's like, Oh crap. Oh, right. <laughs> they can see what now?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: yes. We need filters on those lenses. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: right. But yeah, the but, mastery program is, uh, something I'm, I'm going to try and, uh, keep going. Cause I really love doing it. So it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah, I mean,
3: they, as soon as I, I read the prospectus and it, you know, I was just thinking, man, this is great. I, I, no, I have a, I have a seven year old kid and I have a wife who can't get off work and, um, my own business and I do woodworking every day, but not like this, you know, not this type of creative work. And to be able to just stop my life and go do something like that is impossible.
0: Right. right. Um,
3: but to be able to, you know, spread it out over two years, work at my own pace in my own shop. I I think it's brilliant. I'm, I'm sure it will do very well right. going forward. I hope, I hope so.
0: I I think I didn't answer this question earlier, but I think it takes a commitment of 10 to 20 hours a week.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. completely reasonable. Yeah, uh, that's reasonable. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's possible to do that. And it's just a question of how you do that. I had one distant student who traveled all over the world and didn't do any work for two or three months and then would come back and, and just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two weeks of <laughs> must have been nonstop stuff. 18 and hour days. Was, yeah. yeah, It was crazy good. So everyone's got a different way of doing that. But I, as I, as I tell everyone, I become your metronome. So where's the work? And if you don't deliver, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. know, I hope that people accept the, uh, the challenge of delivering the work on time. And that's a part of what's missing. I think from uh, a lot of programs is that sense of responsibility and trying to get the work done and, pushing through mm-hmm. it's hard to do sometimes god knows these projects she's <laughs> line up on your bench and you're like dang didn't i finish this when did i start <laughs> this <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i know um yeah my own thing i was working on a couple of different projects and damn it this adirondack chair is taking over my entire shop it's like yeah that's no, weird how simple I, projects like that can just get out oh from yeah. under you and you're like wait wait a minute i got I need room to do this over here. I don't have any room to do it.
0: Yeah, I have parts for an Adirondack chair sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> you do? I cut them oh, probably now two years now. I know. <laughs> anyway, just sitting there. Yeah. It's
1: Anyway. Sit. Anyway, so, yeah, I made me, me more proud of this Adirondack chair than this rocker I've been working on forever. So, anyway.
0: <laughs> but, oh, well.
1: With that said, let's move on to our fortnightly beer choices. So um, I'll start off, and I had a rude awakening today that I was out of uh, Christmas ale. Oh, no. I could have sworn I had some. Damn it. But anyway, so in its place, I'm drinking some uh, uh, Bata Box uh, Cabernet, which isn't half bad. Hey, So go. it's the upper echelon of your boxed wines. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of me, box.
0: top shelf top shelf
1: <laughs> top hey shelf it's box. number 50 on wine spectators most recommended list so hey oh hey, i
0: mean top okay, 50. that's
1: not bad top yeah 50, yeah it's good yeah, yeah it's actually good. it's not bad it's you know it works yeah um you know it's not something that i don't think matt cremona would be drinking
2: but you know no, hey. his whole wine of the month club <laughs> yada yada yada
1: so uh sean what are you drinking
2: so I've got the, the Costco, this, this time of year, the, the Advent calendar of beer that they uh, sell, uh, <laughs> usually in October, early November. Um, and so tonight's is, uh, they're all, they're all Bavarian region, German, Austrian, right. you know, there. So tonight's is a, uh, a Perlin Zauber German Pale Ale. Uh, oh. very, very nice. And it's, it's funny to see, like, They're all, all of them are a lot, are very similar. There's different aspects, but a lot of them have that, that, uh, 1664 purity law that they all Mm -hmm. follow over there. And so you can only do so much with grain, hops, and barley. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And, and so it, it's, it's, it's very interesting. But this is a, you know, mild pale ale. I have no idea its availability outside of a, a 24 pack that you get at Costco in the holiday times, but. It's probably
1: pretty available as long as you've got a Costco nearby.
2: well, they sell out like crazy, but otherwise yeah, mean, do. I don't know if I could go to the beer store and see this particular thing.
1: yeah, probably I mean, not
2: yeah you know funny enough and i've I've seen a lot that they're imported through Texas, so you might have them Kyle
1: <laughs> yeah we we have quite the German population here in Texas, so yeah it, it could very well could be. We have a lot of uh, German beers
3: available here that's for sure. All right. So you bought a box with 24 beers that all taste the same but have different labels? Is that... No,
2: they don't all taste the same nearly. <laughs> there, there's there's differences. La- last night's was was maltier, and then the, the, okay. you know, this this one
3: it isn't a pretty it's less standard malty. Like, this one's even less
2: malty. pale ale. Um, <laughs> so the ratios
3: uh, change, but the... yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's the novelty of an adult advent calendar really uh, that just happens to have beer in it instead of chocolates, <laughs> right?
3: that's um, right well lego
2: lego is this i had end. lego yeah lego was i did lego and beer last year so i drank the beer while i assembled a small lego model <laughs> um I, I i have a friend of mine that said this year he got a version at aldi that was 24 bottles of beer for mm-hmm. himself he got his mom the seltzer version of that he got his sister a coffee version of that so apparently mm-hmm. this is just all the rage all over the board
1: yeah, Aldi makes sense because they are a German company.
2: They are. They're. Yeah. They're owned by the same people as IKEA or something weird like that, right? Like there's, mm, I, I, there, there's. Well, uh, well no, uh, no, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's and Aldi are linked.
1: Well, no, no, no. no. The 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 Ald. There's two Aldis. I, oh. I saw this one time on YouTube thing so I'm sure it's, Course it's true. It has to be true yeah so there there were two Aldi brothers and they started a grocery store in Germany and then they got into a fight and they kind of broke up and so there was like the Aldi North I'm not sure if this is correct, but there were two Aldis there's like the Aldi North and the Aldi South now it could have been Aldi East Aldi West I'm not sure but one of the Aldis owns um I think they own Costco. And the other Aldi owns um, Trader Joe's.
2: The other way around. Trader <laughs> Joe's be. and Aldi, owned by a German company called Albrecht Discounts. Right. Is a chain that was started in 1948. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if they're. Anyway, we don't need to get into the semantic argument of who's who. But, uh. But, interesting. But
1: I think the Aldi grocery stores are different from the Trader Joe's Aldi connection.
2: Yeah, I wonder. Like, the, the, the Aldi by me has some pretty high-end stuff. Mm-hmm. The Aldi when I grew up was like government cheap. Yeah, yeah. Right? Same like, with me, too. Yeah, totally different. So, who knows? It's the, the Albrechts who, are, who own it, who is a oh. German ultra- entrepreneur. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway.
3: So, Mark, <laughs> what are you drinking? Hopefully nothing I... from Aldi. Yeah, right? No, no. I am <laughs> drinking a Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA. Oh, good one. All right. Yeah, that's fantastic. About and you?
1: listeners, if you know the Aldi um, Rubik's Cube, please uh, <laughs> yes, send us a note. So, um, Gary, what are you drinking?
0: I'm drinking a, a very clear um, uh, beverage from Absolute. And uh, it's uh, malty and no, it's, uh, it's
2: just <laughs> It's smooth. It's just vodka. <laughs> yeah, straight, clear,
0: vodka. Yeah, I, my, I'm uh, not drinking beers. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I
1: understand that. I understand that. Um, so it's absolute your, your go-to.
0: Yeah, absolute. Actually, I like, uh, a vodka called Reka, which is from Iceland. Uh-huh. And that's actually very good. It's yeah. actually very good vodka. Yeah. Tito's is all right. all right.
1: Yeah, Tito's is, Tito's is good.
0: You, you spend money on Grey Goose and I don't know, I don't think it's that good.
1: Now, um, I don't know if you can get this in your area. You should be able, there's a, a Ukrainian vodka called Shustov. Mm-hmm. It comes in kind of a um, oblong bottle. It's kind of huh. a, kind of an elliptical type bottle.
0: Huh. And
1: uh, yeah, if you see that, they got a couple different varieties, but that's that's the go-to in my house. But uh, yeah, what's it called again? Schuss, Schustoff. Schu Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, there's only one liquor store we can get it here. But you'll notice notice it that it has this bottle that's kind of a elliptical football-shaped. Oh
2: uh, really?
1: Oh. Yeah, from side to side. So. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. But yeah,
0: well, yeah, that's, uh,
1: but it's a Ukrainian vodka.
0: Well, since we're, since we're talking great liquors, um, uh, I found this scotch. Actually, it was a gift from a student. Hmm. Uh, interesting. It's an, it's an ILA and uh, it's. It it doesn't kick you in the stomach like a Lefroy, which I love. Yeah. I love Lafreuge, but the Buna Haben is uh, peaty, but not overpowering. It's really good. Hard to find. I've been trying to find a bottle for my neighbor. I can't. The local mm. li- liquor store has run out and can't get him. So, uh, Buna Haben. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Can y'all uh Can y'all get uh liquor shipped into your to Oregon?
0: Oh yeah. I mean. There's...
1: Okay. I figured you could. I mean, everything oh. else is legal there.
0: <laughs> so all, all right i'm i'm getting ready for this finishing lecture and and i want to th- i'm going to talk about uh, varnishes and i thought what are the naturally occurring resins because i i want to say that saran is a naturally occurring resin so mm. i go and i look up naturally occurring resins frankincense myrrh you know the three mm-hmm. wise men yeah mm-hmm. those are naturally occurring resins copal sandar, uh, uh, amber, of course, on pine trees, and, yeah. wow. uh, and hashish. <laughs> oh, really? <wow. laughs> and I said, well, of course, it's a resin from the yeah. cannabis. Wow. Right. Who knew? It's not just and for smoking anymore. There you, <laughs> go. there you go. I yeah. learned something.
1: It wouldn't exactly be your non-toxic finish, but... <laughs>
0: It'd be a good finish,
1: though. But it would be a good finish. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, with that, Gary, so where can (laughs) folks
0: find you? Well, they can find uh, me at uh, our website, northwestwoodworking.com, all spelled out. Uh, Okay. There's a link to splinters, but you can find splinters on uh, all the major podcast purveyors. And, uh, yeah.
1: And, Mark, suppose uh, someone wanted to reach out to you. Where could they find you?
3: I am at Plate11.com and on Instagram at MarkBuildsIt. Fantastic.
1: Sean?
2: I'm SeanW78 on most everything. And you, Kyle?
1: Uh, you can always find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please
2: leave us a review. And thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. The best thing you can do, though, is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.